our Heavenly Father, Mr. Blessed be your holy name. We thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your protection. We thank you for your promises. Lord, we've come to study at thy feet. O oh Lord, piece by piece, feet by feet, reveal unto us the things that make for peace and help us today to walk in the newness of life. Help us walk close by thy side today. In Jesus' precious name, Amen. Our high calling, April 12. Let this mind be in you. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. The prayer that Christ has given us, that the will of God shall be done in earth as it is in heaven, is to be answered. Wonderful is this prayer, which we are to offer to God and then fulfill in the daily life. The science of holiness, the ethics that the gospel inculcates, acknowledge no standard but the perfection of God's mind, God's will. It is the character and mind of Christ which, by conversion and transformation, men are to receive. Through his Son, God has revealed the excellency to which man is capable of attaining. And before the world, God is developing us as living witnesses of what man may become through the grace of Christ. Oh, why do so many grieve the heart of infinite love? God permits every person to exercise his individuality. No human mind should be submerged in another human mind. But the invitation has been given. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Each person is to stand before God with an individual faith, an individual experience, knowing for himself that Christ is formed within the hope of glory. For us to imitate the example of any man, even a person who in our human judgment we might regard as nearly perfect in character, would be to put our trust in an imperfect, defective human being who is unable to impart one jot or tittle of perfection to any other human being. As our pattern, we have one who is all and in all, the chiefest among 10,000, one whose excellency is beyond comparison. What saith the divine teacher? Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Matthew chapter 5 verse 48 would Christ tantalize us by requiring of us an impossibility? Never, never. What an honor he confers upon us in urging us to be holy in our sphere 
as the Father is holy in his sphere. And through his power, we are able to do this. For he declares, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Matthew chapter 28 verse 18 This unlimited power, it is your privilege and mine to claim. Amen. The title of our devotion is Let This Mind Be In You. Our key text is Philippians chapter 2 verse 5 which says just that, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Here man is giving his life work. We need to understand the purpose of God in creating man for us to understand the purpose of the gospel. The purpose of the gospel is to restore the original plan of God and to bring it back into effect in the life of man. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, God stated his purpose in creating man. And God said, Let us make man in our own image after our likeness. That was the purpose of God in creating man. That man should be in the image and likeness of God. And the God who I refer to here is Jesus Christ himself, the creator of heaven and earth. God intended that the mind of man should be exactly the mind of God. And that is what Jesus meant in his prayer when he said, Thy will be done on earth even as it is in heaven. It is the will of God that our mind, every human being, will have his mind, will think the way he thinks, love what he loves and hate what he hates, to the same extent that he hates it and to the same extent that he loves it. And it is a wonderful thing that God wants to restore his image, or would I say, bring back his mind to us. Do you know that when God created man, he tested man to see that two of them, that is God and man, had exactly the same mind. When we look at Genesis chapter 2, after God had made man and all the animals in that sixth day, God brought to Adam the animals to see what he would call them. I will read now from Genesis chapter 2, reading from verse 19. It says, And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air, and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. Amen. In verse 19 there, we see that God was testing the mind of Adam to see whether it was in harmony with his own mind. I'll take it in another uh, version. I'll take it in two other versions. In Bible, in basic English, it says, And from the earth the Lord God made every beast of the field 
and every bird of the air and took them to the man to see what names he would give them. And whatever name he gave to any living thing, that was his name. I'll take it again in New English Translation, verse 19, it says, The Lord God formed out of the ground every living animal of the field and every bird of the air. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them and whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. In other words, these animals already had their name. God knew what their name was and he brought them to Adam to see what Adam would call them. And whatever Adam called them, he got it right. That is, the name that God had already given to those animals, what God had in mind, Adam already had in mind. And this was the evidence to see that indeed man was created in the image and likeness of God. He had the mind of God, the mind of Christ. This was the original plan that God had for you and for me. But when sin came in, the mind and the faculties of man became perverted. The will was taken away and put on the side of Satan. All the, the powers, the reasoning powers have been getting more and more perverted. The imagination now creates corrupt graphic presentations in the mind. We have the perception which gets very superstitious. We have our conscience blunted, our intuition null and void. Memory is stored with so many bad things mind of man has become corrupted but it is the purpose of the gospel to restore the mind of god back to man and that's why we are told in this our key text philippians chapter 2 verse 5 let this mind be in you which was also in christ jesus it doesn't say let this mind be in you which was in daniel or let this mind be in you which was in joseph or which was in moses or which was in your father or which was in your mother or which was in your pastor or which was in the president or which was in your friend it says which was in christ jesus what does that teach us we have only one pattern to imitate we are not to make men our mentors we are not to make men our example no matter how good they look no matter how nice their character may have been presented daniel joseph john the beloved noah job and is not our example david peter paul they are not our example paul himself is the one that wrote let this mind be in you which was also in christ jesus he wrote in another place be ye followers of me, even as I am a follower of Christ. In other words, in any place I am a follower of Christ, you can follow me. If there's anywhere I do not follow Christ, then you are not to follow me. He is qualifying how we are to follow him only as we see him following Christ. Be ye followers of me, he says, even as I am a follower of Christ. And I could say that about myself and you could say that about yourself. Only follow me as you see me following Christ. That is, you are to check me with the pattern. There is another pattern. I'm not the main pattern. It's not your father. Many of us want to have the mind of our father or of our mother and we, we make them our mentors or pastors. But we are learning. You are making a huge mistake. No matter how perfect the character of the person may look, we are to understand that we have only one pattern and that is 
Christ Jesus our Lord. And why is that so? We are not talking of the Father in heaven now, the mind of Christ. Why? Because Jesus came down on this earth. The Bible tells us in Romans 8 verse 2, 3 that he came down in sinful flesh. He did not have any advantage above us. The same kind of flesh we have which is, which we have now that is fallen human uh, flesh that is what jesus had and in this flesh god has shown us what man can do i'm reading now page 108 paragraph 2 through his son god has revealed the excellency to which man is capable of attaining and before the world god is developing us as living witnesses of what man may become through the grace of christ indeed that is what god showed us Look at the life of Christ. That is what we can be. That is our capability. That is our potential. You have the potential to live a sinless life. You have the potential to live a life that is in harmony with the mind of God just as that of Christ was in harmony with the mind of the Father. He said, I have kept my Father's commandments and we are supposed to also say the same thing. Everything Christ did as far as character is concerned now not necessarily his divinity in the miracles and the rest but everything he did as far as character goes the fact that he lived in harmony with the commandments of god we also are capable of doing many people want to talk about the capabilities oh we can do miracles why don't you keep god's commandments that is the capabilities that we have we are supposed to be like jesus in every ramification of his character every individual has a pattern that we are to develop towards we are supposed to be bending towards that center and that is christ jesus mind and that mind was a perfect mind and that's why he said be ye perfect even as your father in heaven is perfect amen that is matthew chapter 5 verse 48 god is calling us to have the mind of christ and that is a perfect mind and it is possible god is not calling us to do an impossibility he is not playing with us page 108 paragraph 4 says would christ tantalize us by requiring of us an impossibility never never what an honor he confers upon us in urging us to be holy in our sphere as the father is holy in his sphere and through his power we are able to do this for he declares all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth matthew 28 verse 18 the unlimited power this unlimited power it is your privilege and mine to claim so if i am not imitating christ if i am not being perfect as my father in heaven is perfect whose fault is it all power has been given to jesus it is my own prerogative to claim that power to receive christ into my life as many as received him john 1 verse 12 to them gave he power to become the sons of god that is to have the mind of christ if we would receive christ into our lives we'll be given power power to become the sons of god power to have the mind of christ power to be perfect as our father in heaven is perfect this is the aim of the gospel but we cannot achieve this unless we follow the pattern study the life of christ and follow him do not do what he would not do and do exactly what he would do 
The question is to be raised in every situation we find ourselves. What would Jesus do were he to be in my place right now? And then, when the answer to that question is supplied, it is ours, our, our, our duty to do just that which we know Jesus would do. Of course, we are to request for strength from God so that we will be able to perform that which is not in our power to perform. And we have seen in devotions before now that God will supply the strength when we do all we can in our own sphere. When we have exercised all our abilities and powers, God will then supply and multiply it and give us greater strength to do that which is not possible for us to do for ourselves. So, here we are realizing what our mind is to be when we are told in Revelation in Romans 12 verse 2 and be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of the mind that you may be able to prove what is that good and perfect uh, will of God this, that mind that we are to re- be renewed into is the mind of Christ we are to be transformed into the mind of Christ our mind is to change so that we can be like Jesus therefore we must study the Bible to understand the mind of Christ so that we will know what the pattern is and copy it. There is power in the blood. There is power that God has given to us so that we can be able to do it. And it is us, it is left with us to take hold of that power and of that strength. Through prayer, through study, we may be given power to live the life of Christ. It is my prayer that we all shall be partakers of this mind in Jesus' name. Amen. The second paragraph of the reading says, And before the world, God is developing us as living witnesses of what man may become through the grace of Christ. Oh, I do so many grieve the heart of infinite love. The church of God has been a city set on a hill. God delights to make experiments of mercy on human hearts. It is the theater of His grace in which He delights to reveal His power to transform hearts. So as we speak that the gospel has power, there is power, the power of God unto salvation, the power can transform the human heart. And so the world that are looking on, they're just looking. They must see this power revealed in our hearts. We say Jesus, we call them to come unto Jesus to be saved. They must see salvation, the principles, walking even in our lives. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Science of holiness, the ethics that the gospel inculcates, acknowledges no standard but the perfection of God's mind, God's will. He wants men to appreciate the privilege of being laborers together with him. Now if if a company is offering an opportunity today for people to come and be um, co-partners, see everybody will be rushing, but God the highest of all is giving us an opportunity to be co-laborers together with him in this uplifting of humanity. Men who will honor him by rendering implicit obedience to his requirements regardless of previously inculcated theories. There is no limit to the usefulness of those who will put self to one side. 
make room for the walking of the Holy Spirit upon their hearts and live lives wholly consecrated to God, enduring the necessary discipline imposed by the Lord without complaining or fainting by the way. If they will not faint at the rebuke of the Lord and become half-hearted or hard-hearted and stubborn, the Lord will teach both old and young, hour by hour, day by day. He longs to reveal his salvation to the children of men. And if his chosen people will remove the obstructions, he will pour forth the waters of salvation in abundant streams through human channels. This unlimited power it is your privilege and mine to claim. Many who are seeking efficiency for the exalted work of God by perfecting their education in the schools of men will find that they have failed of learning the more important lessons by neglecting to submit themselves to the impressions of the Holy Spirit, by not living in obedience to all God's requirements, their spiritual efficiency has become weakened. They have lost what that ability to do a successful work for the Lord. Absenting themselves from the school of Christ, they have forgotten the sound of the teacher's voice and he cannot direct their cause. Men may acquire all the knowledge possible to, the, to be imparted by the human teacher, but God requires of them still greater wisdom. Like Moses, they must learn meekness, lowliness of heart, and distrust of self. Our Savior himself, when bearing the test for humanity, Acknowledge that of himself he could do nothing. We also must learn that there is no strength in humanity alone. Man becomes efficient only by becoming partaker of the divine nature. Philippians chapter 2 verse 2 Fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing, verse 3 now, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let his mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So you see, Jesus was looking out not for his own things, but for the others, looking out for our own things. He had us in mind, even on the cross. He looked down through the ages. He saw us yet unborn, and so his sacrifice included us. He was not struggling. He, he did nothing through strife or vain glory to glorify himself so that he would be seen or be known or be applauded. No, no, no. He was not struggling to be first. You know, today everybody wants to be first and so we push everybody to the back. But in lowliness of mind, he esteemed others. And so we must esteem others better than ourselves. This one will crucify the selfishness that is locking or that is striving for the mastery 
of ours. We are to learn of Christ, to learn from Him meekness and lowliness. Redemption is that process by which the soul is trained for heaven. This training means a knowledge of Christ. It means emancipation from ideas, habits, and practices that have been gained in the school of the Prince of Darkness. The soul must be delivered from all that is opposed to loyalty to God. And, and when you see that the knowledge we gain from the school of darkness, from the Prince of Darkness, you think you've not gone to that school. You know, the system of our education that, that we have been trained to struggle, use all our power, put others behind and be first. And that attitude has been transcended even in our daily lives where everybody wants to trample on people and so that they will be seen and struggling for vain glory. We must learn meekness and lowliness in the school of Christ. Talking about Christ now in verse 6, it says, Who being in the form of God, taught it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. Now think about us now. If somebody will say just a little thing about us, our reputation, we'll fight and call committee just because we are trying to protect or to remove our reputation from being dragged in the dust. But Jesus, he made himself of no reputation because he, his will was lost in his father's will. So the only thing he sees is his father. So when they abuse him or say things about him, he was not fighting to defend himself, but he was defending the father's name. And so we our own part here he say and being found in fashion as a man he humbled himself again oh, he humbled himself when he was in the form of God he thought it not robbery to be equal with God now being found in fashion as a man he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross now you see, because of this, because of this kind of humility that he showed, wherefore God also had highly exalted him and gave him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So we see that in the kingdom of God, the only way up, if you want to go up, you want to be on top, is you must go down. He humbled himself. Humility is the key. The mind of Christ is full of lowliness and meekness. He was lowly, meek and lowly. So we must show humility. That's one big lesson. So we see, we grieve him when we refuse to be trained, day in, day out, year in, year out. We're not showing signs of the transforming power of the word, the truth that is supposed to set us apart. And so he's calling us, today we've been reminded that even by modesty in dress and circumspect deportment, 
we may bear witness to the truth in its simplicity. We may let our light so shine before others that they will see God's good works and glorify Him. So we, the world is watching. Say we are the only Bible that our neighbor, some of our neighbors, might ever have to read. And so we, they are reading us like a Bible, like a book. And so we are spectacles. Whatever we do reflects unto Him. So we must appropriate all these channels that God has given us to become meek and lowly. And so we reflect the mind that was in Jesus. This is my own prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the devotion this morning. Thank you for the words of life which you've given us. Even as we have seen that it is necessary for us to have a mind that is like yours. Help us, dear Heavenly Father, to cooperate with you so that our lives may be transformed, our will may be transformed, that we be in accordance to your will. We know we have sinned against you in many ways. We ask, dear Father, have mercy upon us, forgive us for our sins, cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. And we pray you give us the strength to be able to overcome today's temptations. And by your grace, we may be victorious in today's trials. Thank you, dear Father, for the privilege of prayer. For we have prayed in Jesus' name. Amen.